Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Welcome to the RZ. We are going to be talking about the infamous Snyder Cut today. I'm here with Doris. Hi, everyone. I'm Doris. We both have watched the Snyder Cut and have different histories with Snyder's filmography. I was really excited to hear it came out because I had enjoyed his films, all of them actually, and was looking forward to seeing his his vision manifest or his vision be able to be viewed by a lot of people. And and I am someone who had no idea about the Snyder Cut and hadn't seen the first version of the Justice League. So we're going to talk a little bit today about our initial impressions having watching the Snyder Cut for the first time. And then later we'll talk a little bit about the comparisons between the 2017 version and this most recent version of Zack Snyder's uh, vision. So I just want to preface this with, this isn't a, a thorough review. We're just giving our initial impressions as well as the fact that this is a film that is steeped in superhero lore and mythology and is at the same time a blockbuster Hollywood movie. So I don't think we're looking for anything that's going to delve into the sublime of the modern human condition or something. This is a fun movie that is beautifully shot and is basically popcorn movie that uh, looks super good. So do you want to start out with just your initial impression of the movie? Can I just say to preface it, you weren't exactly thrilled to watch a four hour movie. Yeah, I was actually thinking I was <laughs> not going to make it through the movie because I don't think um, that would have been my first choice for a movie. I'm not really uh, like a superhero kind of person movie. I mean, some I enjoy it. I've watched some Avengers movies and some X-Men and some Batman Superman, but it's not something I would choose by myself. I usually watch it because someone else wants to watch it. So I just tag along. And you hadn't seen any of his superhero movies, right? No. And I think I watched, to be honest, I can't remember. I think I watched Man of Steel, but I'm not. Or 300, I thought you were saying. Oh, 300. Yeah. And I really liked it. And I think I watched Man of Steel, but I can't remember. But I didn't watch Batman versus Superman. So it left a really good impression. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think, I think I... Yeah, I didn't watch Batman versus Superman. I actually just heard from my brother that he he was actually kind of disappointed. He's really into superhero movies and he didn't really like or enjoy the movie. And yeah, I didn't hear about the Justice League, the first version. I didn't hear about all what happened around it. And I had no idea. And then I watched this movie. And I was, um, yeah, I was really impressed. I really like the film i thought i was going to get bored 
because I felt like oh, four hours is just a long time to sit down. I watch it in two, in two like a sittings. Two sittings, yeah. So um, yeah, it wasn't so long, and I actually wanted to keep on watching it, but it was just late at night, and yeah, I had to stop. But it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. Even though I'm not super familiar with all the characters' history, I actually could understand just the story of each one of the characters, their motivations, and the film looked incredible. Like there's some really nicely shot scenes. I really like um, <laughs> the scenes where Batman is uh, going to look for Aquaman, and those scenes where he is with his horse and just arriving there. It looked like planet Earth almost or something, the way the camera was going over some very beautiful Icelandic landscape. Yeah, I really, really like it. It looked, yeah, I think uh, when we talked about it, we said it looked like the Lord of the Rings kind of mm-hmm. shots. Yeah, that's, I think, uh, what stands out with Zack Snyder in general is that he has very beautiful movies and they have a distinct visual style. A lot of people think of his original 300 with slow motion and it was shot at a very high rate, I believe. So there were a lot more pictures within each frame. That's what allowed him to be able to slow down the fr- uh, the images to that degree. But that's what I think stands out, even in contrast to Marvel films, which sometimes have very concise plot developments and character development that sometimes Zack Snyder's films don't necessarily have at first glance, but they just look really good. I heard him say once in an interview that he didn't want to film anything that he couldn't take a picture of. And I think that that represents his film style very well. Yeah, it looked awesome, like, to be honest. Um, so if we're talking first just about general impression, I really like the movie. I really like how it was shot. And I really like kind of like the tones because I know there's different color mm-hmm. color grading than the, just the first Justice League. So I really enjoyed the movie. I liked it. I understood everything. I was really into it. I was really entertained, even though it was really long. And then, to compare, I watched the first version of the Justice League. And, yeah, I think I think if I hadn't watched the second version, I might have thought that the first version was just fine. I'm not, like, a huge fan of, like, a superhero movie, so probably I would just, like, oh, yeah, it was, like, an entertaining movie. But after seeing the Snyder Cut, I was, like, oh, yeah, it just has, like, so much, like, um... If I hadn't had someone there explaining me what the story was about or who the characters were, I probably wouldn't have understood quite a few things. Like, I don't think I would have understood like um, what the boxes were. Which nobody understood at that when it first came out, I think. For anyone who hasn't seen it, the Snyder Cut and the other one, they all have to do with these three mother boxes, which people would say is a MacGuffin. Basically, it's a reason for all the events of a movie to take place for instance in in pulp fiction that briefcase sometimes is considered a macguffin because people are wanting the briefcase but they never see what's inside of it in this case it's the mother boxes which are going to end the world just a very brief summary of that and you understand though why they function and how they function what their purpose is as well as the motivation of the villain the original one, you just know that they're there and they're bad and they're going to end the world and the villain is a bad guy and he wants to end the world and that's really all you understand. You don't realize that the villain has larger 
motivations to try to get these boxes and how the boxes really work because they talked about them being like change machines. They change matter into different things where in the 2017 version, they didn't talk about that at all. They were just these things to end the world. So yeah, I think, but I, going back to what you were saying, I agree that what was really powerful about that movie or fulfilling was to see that all the characters, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, Batman, Superman, you really see a larger story arc. So you see who they were, where they were at, and how they have to overcome certain obstacles in order to come together and save the world, like any good superhero movie. But yeah, so you really understand why they're doing that. Where I would say the 2017 version, they have to do that, but the motivations are unclear. On the one hand, Wonder Woman's skeptical about some things, but then she's for it. Batman's kind of the leader, but then she is supposed to be the leader, but they don't really develop these story arcs. They just kind of, it's all this mishmash thrown together to try to come up with a story about saving the world. Yeah, and I think um, with the Snyder Cut, I think all of the main characters, they all have their own moment to shine. Even Cyborg's dad and like all that, they all have their own, yeah, their own moment. Yeah, that's true, because I think that you see them coming together but you also see you know wonder woman save some hostages in an area aquaman has to deal with some of his own shit and you see how he's been helping people and cyborg is struggling with being you know a uh, terminator and robocop yeah that's probably better yeah. and then um the flash is kind of a not so confident person who later has to be very key yeah and you see he also has like a strong motivation because also his dad Mm -hmm. so yeah so i think that that's our view of the snyder cut this is a brief intermission now we're going to talk about some of the scenes that stood out to us And we're going to go chronologically through the movie and have some comparisons with the 2017 version along the way. So if you haven't seen it yet, there might be some mild spoilers or there will be spoilers. So just be aware of that. And if you're planning on sitting down for half of a workday and consuming the movie, maybe stop here and then come back later. Maybe I'll start. I think that the opening stood out to me because you see... Superman dying essentially and crying out and this triggering the whole events of the movie. And that also ends where Batman and Superman left off. So that really was a great opening because you realize this is a tragic thing as well as a thing that will initiate these mother boxes becoming awake and the bad guy coming down. So I think that that was a really nice scene for me to see because the 2017 version, you have this goofy cell phone cell phone um, interview with Superman with some kids, and it just comes across as weird. It's not necessarily bad, but it's just like a YouTube version of a movie, and it's not very epic or something. So this also this sets up like the fact that this is going to be a super epic movie. Yeah, I also, yeah, I didn't really like the opening of the first version of the Justice League because I thought the video, like, yeah, I didn't, 
I didn't get it. Like the kids were trying, I don't know, to ask some questions, but it just kind of like seemed well. I don't know. I didn't really like it. I didn't understand like the point. And then there was this like thing where Superman looked really weird because I guess they did Photoshop, which I did see like memes back in the day, but I didn't watch the movie, so I didn't get what it was until now. Yeah, because he had uh, f- he had uh, under his contract for Mission Impossible, he couldn't shave his mustache, so they had to digitally remove it, which made him look not I don't not as bad as some people thought. I don't think, but I mean, it's pretty impressive what they can do with CGI, but it still looked. Like a misshaped face or something. I don't know. I think the movie could have started somewhere else, or they could have they could have just removed that scene because it made no sense for me. I know if they just want to make like some because he doesn't seem human or something. Yeah, but it doesn't even say that he's dead or anything. Like in the other movie of like the Snyder Cut, you you know, okay, yeah, he's dying, and you see all these like cry, like just this screaming that goes like a. Across the world. Across the world. And then you see how people are being aware and all these boxes are starting to shake. And then you, like, it sets the whole movie. So even though it's just like just the intro, but still, I, think, I feel like it's a very powerful intro, even though I was asking the whole time, who is that? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Because I didn't know. I didn't watch Batman versus Superman, so I had no idea Superman had died. But you knew more with this movie because you see him dying at the beginning than just like a weird... If you hadn't seen the other ones and you just saw this weird thing with Superman, it would be kind of hard to understand. What is something that stood out to you from chapter one? Well, one of the things that I really liked from the Snyder Cut was um, in chapter one was the Amazons because they seem like very powerful women. And there is a scene, that, that scene where they're guarding the box. I don't remember who's... I think that queen screams like, Amazon... Who show do you them, fear? Or show no, them, show your, them fr- your, oh, yeah. your fear. And they say like, we have no fear. And I was like, oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, because the bad guy says, I will, something like feast on your fear or something like that. And then she was like. Yeah, show them your fear. We have no fear. Which was really good. And I think also then after that section when they're fighting him, it's pretty nice because she's leaving and they're closing these gates and then after they do the whole structure where they're guarding the box, it all falls into the ocean. So that means all the people that were guarding it sacrificed their lives to guard it. And that's a pretty powerful thing too, juxtaposed to the 2017 version where they just slide out and then the guy slices through the door. Yeah, I think one of the things too, and it repeats every time, what's his name, Steppenwolf gets or goes to get like a box. Just that in the Snyder Cut, you see like real struggle and real fight and people like really wanted to hold on to the box and defend it. Whereas in the the first version, it's just kind of he comes and takes it and then he goes just like, yeah, super easy. Because when I first saw, even before seeing how Steppenwolf looked in... The first version, when I saw Steppenwolf come into, I was like, oh, wow, this guy seems like invincible because like his armor or whatever, it looked like, I don't know, just like indestructible. And yeah, it's all like a bunch of like almost scale like armor that also has some spikes in it. It looks like you wouldn't even want to touch him without getting hurt. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in the other movie, it looked more, I think they tried to make him more human or something. I don't know, but it just didn't look as like invincible it just looked 
like very strong and powerful, but it just it didn't look like um like I think in the first one he looked more like uh maybe like an orc or something with some armor. Where yeah. in the other one he was like almost entirely surrounded by this impenetrable armor and w- as well as being I think a little bit bigger too. Yeah, I think it looked bigger. But it, yeah, it does yeah, it did look like like a huge like, And his voice was better too, like Yeah. I think the other scene we went to or we thought about it was like um the Wonder Woman scene when she is protecting some people in a building in a bank. I think it was yeah, a bank, right? I think so. Yeah, and I th- I really like the movie, t- the movie, the scene. I really like the scene because um, I think which they. To, oh, sorry, which is to say, it's similar to the original one. Yeah, I think it's the same scene. It's just like shorter. Yeah, they just cut out a few, a few small things. The music was different, which gave it a very different feel. And then the ending kind of ends a lot different, or actually just cuts out the normal ending from the Snyder Cut. In the original one, it just, she saves his bank, and then it cuts to another scene. And you want to explain the ending of that scene? Oh, yeah, but the end of the scene where at the in with Wonder Woman in the bank, like, first it lasts longer, it gives more space. And so you also see some more of the action, I think, because she yeah. blocks some more bullets, and... And instead, because I think she gets, like, a bomb, there was a bomb, and then... In the first version, she just throws the suitcase, the bomb, like through the roof of the bank. Whereas in the Snyder Cut, she jumps. And while she's in the on, in the air, like uh, outside of the building, she throws the bomb and then it explodes in the air. Yeah, it looked much, much... Um, yeah, it just had more time to develop. And at the end, apparently there was like this... Well, she saved a bunch of little girls... And there was in specific where that she calls a uh, princess and she asks if she's okay. And then the little girl ask, asks uh, Wonder Woman uh, if she can be like her when she grows up. And then Wonder Woman tells her she can be anything she wants, which I think it's really nice. Moving on. Okay, so moving on. In chapter three, we have the scene of Cyborg before he's a cyborg. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, so he's playing football, and we see that he's a top athlete. Mm -hmm. I really like that scene, the whole Cyborg story, because I think that you understand also perfectly how he feels about his father. Because I think he just really, truly cares about him and loves him. But he's disappointed that his father is never there. Even like uh, in uh, super important times, like this game where he just scores uh, winning points and he is just not there. Yeah, because I think, well, additionally, you see his mother. So you see that Cyborg's mother's there to support him and he really wants his dad there but his dad isn't there. And so you see not only he's a top athlete and so he can use his body like physically very well and and that's important to him as well as his family is really important and those things are taken away when he lo- when he loses his mom in a car accident and his body and essentially. Yeah, and also something because I think you also hear so one thing that he's like a good nature person because he was even trying to help one of his friends. Uh, oh, that too. Yeah, a- I think after the game, 
or somewhere around there, you they take him to the principal and they say, "Way we found out, hey, we found out that your son hacked into the system, which kind of also foreshadows him becoming a cyborg and being able to hack into stuff. Your son hacked into the system in order to give this girl uh, a passing grade. Yeah, and then uh, I think the mom says like, oh, my my son tried to help this girl because she's in a really hard situation. And then she asks the principal, what did you do to help her? Yeah, so you see that... They're all like just good nature. But also, like going back to Cyborg, just because he's just like disappointed in his father because he loves him and he truly cares about him. And I think that that comes back later in the movie because even though he's angry at him or like mad at him for not being there, he still loves him. And you can see that later in the movie. Yeah, so you see that Cyborg is a character who, well, he, who wants to help people and really cares about his family. So then he's kind of put to the test later on. But speaking of that scene with the girl who he helps with the grade, you later see when he's a cyborg is they actually added that scene where he helps this woman who is a single mom and she's struggling, paying the rent and and raising her kids. And then he basically, through the technology that he's able to apprehend all of these situations and he just puts you know, digital money in her bank and that she won something and she's excited and you see that he has this kind of Robin Hood type character. Like he wants to help the weaker people. So that really adds to the, which that adds to the cyborg character, which isn't in the original one at all, but also really fleshes out stuff. So I think that he has this kind of Robin Hood helping character as well as, you know, really caring for family, which he hasn't had in a lot of his life. Well, that that transitions then to the accident that he had with his mom or his mom dies and then he's just kind of there, but not really. So to help him, then his dad decides to make him this um, cyborg thing using one of the mother boxes. So um, Make him a freak. Yeah. <laughs> no. But a really badass freak. Yeah. So, but then you see the struggle and then you see him like still like being resentful to his dad because he turned him into like some... Aberration or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he starts out that way and then that also, story-wise, gives a lot of leeway because then they can kind of show through time when he appreciates his dad. Like, I think... Oh, yeah. And we forgot to say something super important that he actually has in his apartment, Cyborg, one of the mother boxes. But then speaking back to the resentment with his father, we see that he doesn't like the fact that he made him that, but then we also see in the third chapter when he res- when they, they attempt to rescue the hostages that the bad guy has taken to try to find out where that third mother box is, he rescues his dad. Oh, yeah, because Steppenwolf has taken basically a, a bunch of people hostage. And one of the, per, the the people that he takes is Cyborg's dad. And then I think when, when, when he rescues him, he says, oh, I didn't know th- that you would come. And he says something like, you're my father. Yeah, you're my father. So you see that, oh, yeah, like despite the resentment, he still has this. He cares about yeah, him. Yeah, and he has this connection to family. And then another scene that I think was improved upon, well, there are many, but I'm looking now following that, 
the next chapter you had when they have to break in. Well, okay. First, when they decide to bring Superman back to life, it makes more sense because they realize that the mother boxes can bring things back to life. And you have some doubt, but the team is kind of going together where in the other one, there's people saying like, oh, maybe we don't because we don't know what's going to happen. And then this and that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because before then, <laughs> um, I just also wanted to say, because when Cyber has a box, because Cyber has a box in his thing and then he meets Wonder Woman and then, but you, you don't see him realizing the importance of the box, I think, until after they rescue the people because then he realizes, I think, that Steppenwolf is looking for the box and then he gets the boxes and then he brings it to the Batcave. But before that, he had hidden the box in his own grave, which was like really kind of interesting because I think he had seen the, the box shaking and then he took it with him and then he buried it in his, in his own grave. Cause Next to his mother. Yeah, because for the world, or except for his dad, he was dead. And you see him struggling and just taking and putting the box there. And then once he realized that the box is what Steppenwolf was looking for, then he gets it and he brings it to the Batcave. Yeah. But anyway, so just because um, at some point, just like Cyborg in the first version of the movie, he just appears with a box, but you don't know why he has a box. How come, where did he get it from? So I think that's something that's really well explained in the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And also when they're going to bring Superman back to life, some of the camera work is a little bit dizzying and I'm not a huge fan of, but it's certainly better than the Josh Whedon version version where they're just standing around talking and it's kind of this like portrait shots of each person. But they are more a team doing it and they're kind of discussing stuff. Where the other one, they kind of have this, oh, are we going to do it? Are we not? And then without really thinking about the larger implications. So I feel like in the Snyder Cut, they thought, we have to bring Superman back because this Steppenwolf asshole is going to take over the world and this is really bad and so we need to do everything in our power that we can in order to save the world. Where the other one kind of had this discussion almost ignoring the fact that the world was going to be destroyed. Well, I think in the first one, it was just Wonder Woman that didn't want to bring back Superman. But I think in the second one, it was just more like uh, Aquaman just being a little like, like, I don't know. Sketchy. Moody. Yeah. But I forgot. I wanted to say that in the scene where they were rescuing the hostages that Steppenwolf had, where Cyber rescues his dad, uh, there's a scene, I think it's there, where um, Steppenwolf tells Wonder Woman you're mine or something like that. Oh, like, he says like, so the other, his like parademons, his little minions, they're all attacking her and he says, leave this one, she's mine or something yeah. like that. And in the Snyder Cut, I love when she says like, I belong to no one. But then in the first version, she's like, you overestimate yourself. Yeah, so it was know, just like this. Like and she says it unconvincingly, but it also yeah. is just like a random... Just like, oh, you overestimate yourself instead of being like I a think very... it's just like more powerful. It's like, yeah, no, I belong to no one. Yeah, so she came across as such a stronger character in the Snyder Cut where she's talking to like the young woman. is like, oh, you can be like me. She's also seen as somebody who, 
yeah, is is very confident, powerful. And not that she's not in the other one. I mean, so a lot of people have commented on this, but there's also the fact that in the other one, the Josh Whedon version, she is a little bit more objectified. So I also yeah, I saw there's also this scene where like the flash ends up on top of her because after they fight or something or and then he's looking all awkward in this like kind of jokey sort of way but yeah. it's like Jesus Christ you guys are fighting this like huge ass guy who's trying to take over the world and then you're gonna be like all like ooh weird because like you fell on top of her it's so f- stupid yeah and it was just like kind of out of place well, I feel like in the Snyder Cut. She's just like a part of the team, regardless of whether she's like this beautiful woman. She's just part of the team and she's just equal to the other ones. And they're just trying to fight together as a team to defeat this evil guy who's invading the earth. And one thing that we should probably bring up because we're kind of going out of order now, I realize. Yeah, sorry for this messy, this messy review and analysis, but it's just a conversation. Mm-hmm. So one thing that started earlier but then shows up later in a cut, so it's kind of like sort of chronological, but not quite. But you have Lois Lane. Oh, yeah. We totally forgot to tell the story about Lois Lane, which just we didn't too. <laughs> forgot yeah. to tell the story yeah. about <laughs> He forgot <laughs> the story of, of Cyborg and Lois Lane and anyone who is black or female, he forgot to tell the story of. Yeah, no, because, yeah, it's just, I think... Oh, yeah, we forgot everything. So the Louis Lane story, basically, in the first version, is almost non-existent. There's just like this kind of few scenes at the beginning of the movie when the music is rolling and the uh, beginning credits or whatever are going on. And then you see her kind of like, yeah, dwelling a little bit, but not so much. And there's just... I can't remember where this scene is, where um, where uh, Superman's mom, Martha goes to talk to Louis, which I think the scene in the um, Just Just Whedon mm-hmm. movie, I don't think, I mean, it was just like a fine scene. It was just a very random scene. It was just like almost like some couple of like friends that hadn't seen in a while and was just like catching up, whatever, kind of, I don't know. Whereas in the second movie, in the Snyder Cut it's like a very emotional scene where both of them are just still grieving because they are going through like a really hard time. And you also, yeah. The only thing I didn't like about that scene in the Snyder Cut is that like, yeah, it's super emotional. You see them both like struggling. And then Marta leaves and you realize it's not really Marta. It's this Martian person. Yeah, Martian Manhunter, the Justice League figure. I will say that is one scene where I think, what the f- because I don't know why he did that. Now, in other scenes, you could say, well, he could be behind the scenes manipulating stuff in order to, you know, to benefit the world or something. But that scene was just like, okay, he's there and he is grieving with her to help her through her grief, maybe. But I don't know why they had him there. Yeah, I feel like if they wanted to put him somewhere, maybe they could have chosen a different scene because that scene was really emotional it also made almost made me like teared up a little bit because it's really yeah you see them like it's really yeah it's a really good scene and then yeah all the emotions gone when you see the martha turning into this martian manhunter so and i think so i think a couple things that i think about that i think that 
they should not have had him in there that moment. Now, spoiler, he shows up at the end. I think we've had a lot of spoilers. Yeah. So, but here's what I think. Zack Snyder was trying to bring in the entire Justice League because he wanted to have, apparently he wanted to have Green Lantern, Green Lantern. at the very end, but they didn't let him have that because they want to have their own Green Lantern announcement and stuff. So I think he had that there in order to show the full Justice League, where it's like, oh, now Martian Manhunter's there, Green Lantern's there, and so you have the traditional cast of the Justice League all together in one movie, but they didn't let him have that. But because they didn't let him have that, they shouldn't have had him take over that grieving scene with with Lois, because it doesn't really connect it doesn't have a larger goal other than like, okay, he showed up there to help Lois grieve. Was he paying attention to the news and Superman's dead? But why did he do it? It lacked motivation. I didn't really like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like, he was just daring one scene and then at the very end. So I just think they could have just taken that apart away and then it would just have been like a more powerful scene. And then another scene that was improved upon, I don't know if it was one of my Highlight scenes, but it was uh, definitely an improvement, was when Superman came back from the dead. Oh, yeah, that was really good. So, in. So oh, Super- yeah, also because in the Snyder Cut, when they're just like there in the spaceship, I think Cyborg, because um, I think like Flash was gonna like run super fast so yeah. to create energy, and then Cyborg was going to, I don't know, do something with the Mother Box, but he had like a vision. A vision of. The future where Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all these other people are killed by Darkseid. But I think Cyborg was supposed to count, I think, one, two, three, go or something. And then, like, um, Flash was getting ready to start running and generate all this uh, energy. And then he was, like, waiting and waiting and telling Cyborg, like, hey, what's going on? I think Cyborg, after seeing the... The, um, the vision. The vision. I think he said... I think he said no, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think Flash understood, go? Oh, okay. And then he started running and then generated all the energy and finally, like, uh, they they were able to bring Superman back to life. Oh, yeah. Another thing that I like about the scene when they are in the farm or in his old house is because she's wearing uh, the an engagement ring and I really like when um, he says, like, I'll take that as a yes, w- just by seeing the ring, and she didn't say anything. And I don't know, it was a really sweet moment. Um, so that w- didn't really have as much, basically that whole arc didn't have as much substance because it wasn't taken seriously, which I think is a common thread. Now... At the time, 2017, Marvel was making shit tons of money. I mean, it was just like like dump trucks full of money dumping on Disney's doorstep. And so I think that Warner Brothers wanted to replicate that. But looking back, you see that, okay, this was kind of sort of shoehorned in. It wasn't there from the beginning. And it was it benefited by having a, seri- a little bit more of a serious tone. Now, there are jokes in it. It was funny, actually. There are points when you laugh, but... It wasn't this cheap, non-serious laughter. So I think the difference is in Zack Snyder, in Zack Snyder, you have really serious stakes and the jokes aren't made. Mostly by Flash, I think, in the Snyder Cut, but it fits. It fits him well. Where I think in Josh Whedon's version, 
like in a lot of the Avengers movies, they're cracking jokes like while they're almost going to be killed. So then you know the whole time, well, they're... I think we also talk about it because I think in the Just Whedon thing, it was... Because I think we said something like... um, It seemed like, yeah, there was some evil guy, but yeah, we were going to defeat it. And yeah, it's just some other random evil guy. Whereas in the Snyder Cut, it seemed more serious because it was like, oh, there is this evil guy who wants to take over the world. And And we might lose. Yeah. And then so there's always this kind of like, tension and uh, like, like like worry or like just which to me fits a little better yeah oh it fits much better yeah because i think the other times and i i i enjoy the marvel movies as well for good or ill i'm not sure if i'm really proud of that but you know i'm admitting it here so i do i do enjoy the marvel movies but i also know that they essentially take part in a very familiar formula so there's there's sort of a classical screenwriting formula that they engage in. At the same time, they have this nonchalance, this non-serious take on things. Yeah, as an example, just Thor being fat. <laughs> where at Snyder, it's a little more like, oh, this is like a really shitty world and we're trying to deal with it and maybe we will live, maybe we won't. Yeah, and just as an example, just going way ahead of the movie. Actually, to the extra extra scenes at the end of the movie one of those examples is just like there like um uh like superman and this dead stroke yeah people and i don't know like just being in this alternate universe and they just like suddenly finding themselves between an evil superman yeah so in the snyderverse for anyone who wonders but doesn't want to spend the time watching the movie we can tell you now um in batman vs superman you have this nightmare reality so so bruce wayne experiences a vision a premonition of a future reality where superman is evil and in cahoots with dark side and so they have taken over the earth and batman has been working with other people in order to try to be a resistance to this evil rule and so you see kind of this nightmare future and you see that also at the end of justice league and that is really like, would be awesome. A lot of people want to see that movie. I would totally watch that movie. But where it's like, oh yeah, so you have this twist where... Hashtag sup- restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so you have this, essentially this twist where Superman, maybe he loses Lois Lane or he lo- he somehow loses his connection to humanity and the earth and then becomes evil and essentially creates a authoritarian just hellscape that people are trying to like you would call it like a mad Max, like mad max yeah (laughs) yeah like mad max but even worse um yeah so yeah so so in the snyderverse you actually have this really terrible future that might happen and maybe it does you know there is kind of a sense that maybe it did happen in a different timeline or something but yeah so you have a trajectory of something really, really bad that actually could and does, or maybe even does happen, and you don't really have those stakes in the Josh Whedon version. But let's say, let's then backtrack before that. You have the end scene where Superman comes back to life. They go to fight Steppenwolf. What stood out to me in the final act was not only that it was much better executed, but that the Flash played a significant role. Oh yeah, he was super important. Also, into that, 
also they had a plan and you as a viewer knew what the plan was so i was just not like i don't know something random that they were just gonna try to do no everyone knew what they were gonna do so i think that was like really good <laughs> because in the other movie like in the first version like cyborg suddenly put his hands in the box but you didn't know what why what for what was going on whereas in the other one like yeah they had a plan so you knew what they were gonna do and you knew why it would be difficult to do it yeah and they were still also not sure that uh superman was gonna be there but batman had hope faith. he told ah uh, yeah faith and he told alfred yeah so you have a, a flip side with batman from batman vs superman where in batman vs superman he thinks that if there's 1% chance that Superman would turn on humanity, that's why you have to kill him because he could kill all, all of humanity. And then in Justice League, you see that he actually is the one against Alfred who is saying, hey, like we need to bring him back and I have faith that this is going to turn out okay. And even I'm going to have faith furthermore that he's going to show up and, and help us. And he did. And he did. So then at the end, there are a couple of things happening. One is Superman comes back and kind of saves their asses from, from Steppenwolf, who's going to kill him because he's too powerful. And two, um, Cyborg is faced with a choice because his dad has died, his mom has died. And when he goes in, because the mother box has brought him back to life, he's able to access that. So when he goes in to access that, he, he's kind of presented with his family. Yeah. And that was also a powerful scene because, yeah, yeah, he enters kind of like the boxes, whatever, alternate or inside reality. I don't know how to call that. But then he says, yeah, he sees himself, his dad and his mom. And they look also happy. And then they basically like, oh, yeah, you can be with us or whatever. Like we could make you whole yeah. and like a whole family again and your body whole again kind of a thing. Yeah, but I don't know. They say something because to what whatever they say, then... Cyborg just looks at them and just says, like, I'm not alone. Or no, does he say, like, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not, not broken. I'm not broken. And I'm not alone. Yeah, so he's essentially accepting his friendships and as well as his, I, I think he's accepting just himself. Just overcoming, yeah, overcoming, like, all the difficulties he's had so far and just embracing who he is. Yeah. And I think that's powerful, too. Yeah, and but then, I can't remember if that happens first or what I'm going to explain, but so essentially you have these critical moments that you don't have in the other version. So you have Cyborg actually faced with this choice of what he wants. Like he, he loved, like family was a huge thing to him and his body when he was able to perform football. And so he sees both his mom and dad together and his body back intact as a, as a full human. Um, and he is essentially, you know, given that choice and he makes the choice to accept himself as he is. And then you have the Flash where everything is destroyed and Darkseid is going to win. And the Flash has been wounded and he's hurting and he can't actually generate the charge that is needed. Don't worry about all the details, but he got wounded and he wasn't able to do what he needed to do. And so everything is basically being eviscerated and he 
you know, he engages. This is a very superhero kind of trope. So he engages in like going beyond the speed of light, which reverses time in a way. You know, if you've made it this far, then you've already accepted the conditions of watching a superhero movie. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. But we won't go into the, the physics of everything, but he's running beyond the speed of light, which is reversing time. And so... At and he even says something like, oh, I'm, I'm breaking the rules or I have to break the rules or something. Yeah, so he's running and actually reconstituting the physical reality that has slowly been disappearing in front of him. I will also say it's a visually pleasing scene too because it just looks great like as reality and time are reconstituting themselves and that though those are two of the the scenes at the end which are way different than the other justice league version that are just really great i think because like visually they look good so one one is more and i don't want to say visually so great the cyborg one but it's really personally good for his story because you see like oh he's presented with his choice the flash one it also has it has that but it also has just like this visual yeah, and it adds also something else because while the flash is running to generate also like the energy, he gets wounded. So like everything kind of goes uh a little bit south. Like there were there were moments when you thought that they might not be able to save the world. And then I think uh just to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. Well, I just think, I hope they really do restore the Snyderverse. Because it'd be interesting to see what uh, Snyder would do with that alternate reality and how would that develop. And I think uh, the Joker was a really good character uh, in that ending scene. And yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if um, Warner Brothers... Stop wanting to be, stops wanting to be like the Avengers or Marvel and just try to find out like that they're unique in their own way and just give them, give the fans what they want. One note that I do want to make regarding the differences, there's such a difference of the color. So when you look at the Snyder Cut, it has... More often, like some blue tones and different things, and and in the final battle, I think in the just when they was like more red tone kind. Way of. it was like way oversaturated with red, and then they had all that weird kind of organic stuff growing out of the ground that looked really fake. Yeah, that was just attacking one family. Yeah, that's also <laughs> a big issue in that version that they had this like one random like one random Russian family living in this area like, like there Chernobyl. was nothing. But yeah, but then also with the colors too, like it was just oversaturated with this redness at the end. And some of the colors at the beginning too, they didn't have this like somber tones. They had this just kind of like matter of fact look to them, kind of like a Marvel movie. To be honest, you can, whatever people say about Marvel, they have a very bland color palette, I would say, for their movies. So it doesn't really have a lot of vibrancy to it and a lot of mood. It's just kind of this matter-of-fact type filming, like a soap opera filming almost. Yeah, I don't know if it's soap opera, but... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the Snyder Cut looks very, very different. But it looks really good. It looks like a really good movie. And it's not just like... like uh, bringing up random jokes at random points. It was just more like 
the the jokes were carried by Flash, and I thought that was really good because he's like a young guy who had like that kind of quirky personality and just could bring the jokes. He could carry like the jokes well. While so the they had ones. like sorry, they had like a comic relief figure, but not everyone was comical. Yeah, no, which I think it was really good, and the jokes were were well placed. It was not just like a random. Or he was just not being like kind of like stupid, like when Batman shows up at his place in the first movie, and then he's just like run. Oh no no! When he goes to the Batcave, and then he's just running like a little kid, just like wanting to watch everything, because he's young, but he's not a kid. Which is maybe a little bit of the problem where you might say, okay, did Zack Snyder need to have a four-hour movie? First of all, pretty impressive. I mean, this is like Tarkovsky level, but. At the same time, could they cut some stuff out? Probably. But what is disappointing in the other movie was they just cut out a lot of good stuff and story development and added a bunch of random shit like Aquaman stealing something, Flash just being like a stupid child, and Batman never taking anything seriously, but then other areas he would take stuff seriously, Wonder Woman being a little bit objectified or objectified and so it was just the whole thing wasn't when you watch it it's like yeah it's not surprising it, it was kind of like you said if you were to watch it you'd be like oh yeah just some random superhero movie yeah i think i may i mean i may have not gotten every little detail uh, because i didn't know the backstory but i think i would have felt like oh yeah it's an entertaining movie but i'm not a big fan so i wouldn't have noticed all the little details that like like the big fans were disappointed by so anyway, that's uh, our That's our discussion. very messy review. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about this disorganization. We were just planning to, I don't know. We wanted to have a conversation just uh, about the movie and just like give our impressions. I think our impressions were all over the place though. But uh, hashtag restore the, the Snyderverse. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. And uh, until the next time. Bis die Tage. Bis die Tage.